It seems the stories of the southwestern United States boogeyman has seemingly taken over the entire country, and sometimes even internationally. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true skimwalker encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going. Before we jump into this video though, I do have a sponsor today. Let's take one quick minute to hear a word from them. Hey swamp folk, if you're anything like me, you probably struggle with things like Photoshop and making your pictures look good. Whether it be budget, experience, time, or just having subpar design tools, it can seemingly be a never-ending headache to try to get your images and videos to look just right. Now that I have Canva Pro, my content and designs are next level. Canva Pro is the easy-to-use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro can boost you and your team's productivity and creativity. It is quick, easy, and affordable. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. My favorite feature of Canva Pro is honestly the endless amounts of pictures that I can use for my thumbnails. It really helps us out. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me swamped to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash swamped. Canva.me slash swamped. I was just talking to my boyfriend about some weird stuff I saw as a kid. He is a hardcore believer in skimwalkers and won't say it or even let me say it after it gets dark in fear of attracting one. My story starts with coming back from the store with my family. In my village, an entirely new neighborhood was being built. Mind you, I live in an area that used to have a lot of forest around me, which has since been destroyed due to people building houses. There was a dirt and gravel road in the middle of these woods from the main road that led to a shortcut to my house. That was maybe 9 or 10 at the time, and I distinctly remember sitting in the middle seat in the middle row of our family minivan. So I got a clear view in between the driver's seat and passenger seat. I was talking with my younger siblings goofing off, and I looked up to see something crouched in the road. It looked almost exactly like the picture you would get when you google the rake. It had pale gray skin. It was freakishly slender. It had eyes like reflectors. I freaked out and screamed out saying something along the lines of, What is that? And both of my parents turned around to ask me what I was talking about. I burst into tears and see it run over behind a tree. It is so tall and lanky. I see it peek from behind the tree a couple of times and explain what it looked like to my mom while hysterical. My mom did not believe me at all and got mad at me for trying to scare my siblings. Around that same time, I used to watch a lot of those ghost caught on tape videos on YouTube and I would show my younger siblings which resulted in many nightmares for them. My dad, on the other hand, said it was probably just a deer. It looked nothing like a deer. I still remember those eyes. When we passed by the tree I saw it run behind, 
Nothing was there. It was completely dark at this point. I thought I must have just imagined it until my dad told me he saw something too when he got home. He told me he saw something out of the corner of his eye, but did not get a good look at it. Because at that point, I started screaming and he turned around to look at me. To this day, it still scares me and I never walk too close to the woods at night. The following experience happened a few years ago. The person I was dating at the time was Native American. They invited me to go with them to their grandmother's house for Christmas. This being the first time I have ever been to a Native American reservation, I was not sure what to expect. I had a lot of ideas regarding what might be as well as the what-ifs. Nevertheless, excited to go somewhere I'd never been before, I was definitely stoked. Most of my excitement was reserved towards learning about the culture and the unique opportunity of visiting a reservation as an outsider. Because of this, I was also a bit nervous. What if I was not accepted? Would the people be welcoming or would they be hostile towards my presence? Although these questions were lingering around my head, most of my fears were quelled by the wonderful hospitality I had been shown by both grandma and the people I had the privilege to interact with whilst visiting. We left our house on Christmas Eve with our dog and started to make the four-hour journey to grandma's house. On the way, we saw a beautiful sunset scatter across the mountains. After traveling for around three hours, we found ourselves at the turnoff that leads to an hour-long drive on a desolate road that would eventually take us to our destination. While on this road, my significant other shared stories of dances and the polytheistic practices their tribe had. All of it fascinated me and left me asking more questions than I ever imagined asking. By the time we arrive at Grandma's house, it is dark and cold out. As I begin to unpack the car, my significant other takes our dog a bit away from the house to go potty. By the time they get back, I have taken our bags inside and locked the car up for the night. As we sit around the kitchen table eating food lovingly cooked by Grandma, we share stories and play a card game. After about an hour, we all say goodnight to one another and get ready to turn in for bed. Around 12 a.m. or so, my significant other and I lay down and I call our dog to the bed. A short time thereafter, we fell asleep, although I forgot to turn off the light next to the bed on the nightstand. Around 2 to 3 a.m., I woke up having to use the restroom and noticed that our dog was sitting just looking at the door that led out to the small hallway. On the other side was the main door to the house. I called for her to come back to bed, and she just put her nose at the base of the bedroom door, sniffing while scratching. Thinking that she too had to use the restroom, I walked up to the main house door and opened it, ushering her to go potty. She ended up just sitting there and staring. After trying to coax her to go outside a few times and failing in my attempts, I closed the door and made my way to the kitchen to grab a glass of water. In the kitchen, there is a huge window right next to the sink that overlooks the driveway to the house and a bit of light that makes the driveway barely visible at night. As I reached to turn on the faucet, my head turned to the right to look outside and I see a dog sitting outside and staring into the house. Something was off about this dog though. It was much larger than a typical large breed by at least two times. I began to get the chills and internally said to myself, F this. Grabbing my water and about to head back to the bed, the dog gets up and begins to walk away. One thing that I feel I might not convey well is how awkwardly this thing walked. It seemed to walk very gingerly and almost stiff-like. After making my way back to bed, 
and falling asleep, I woke up the next morning. While eating breakfast grandma had made, I nonchalantly asked anyone listening at the table if the neighbors had an extra large dog. That's when grandma began to ask questions and my significant other started to look very concerned. Grandma immediately made a few phone calls and after a bit of time passed, a native priest and healer arrived at the house and they began to converse silently with grandma. Thinking I must have done something wrong, my significant other joins my grandma in the conversation. They all begin to look at me and talk more and more and then the priest goes around the house with sage and cedar. The healer comes to talk with me and grandma about my experience and my significant other disappears outside the house to gather raw meat. From what I can gather, I encountered something I should not have the previous night, and by my arrival, being an outsider, they had to make certain preparations to ensure our safety from the duration of our stay. After this visit, we visited many other times, and I had no other weird experiences, but this experience left me chilled to the bone and will live with me for the rest of my life. I cannot get over how this dog behaved and how massive it was. My name is Eli, and I'm 22 years old now, and I always love being outdoors and in the woods. I remember about 9 years ago when I was around 12 or 13, my family and I moved to Minnesota to help my grandparents. They were getting up there in age and could not really run the farm as they used to. And also just for a change of scenery. A year or so after the move, my two brothers and I got into the habit of running around the edge of the woods along the backsides of the property and exploring where we probably should not. With that, after school one day, I and my brothers got our stuff and made a four or five hundred yard walk to the forest behind the house. My brothers decided to take off and run ahead about three hundred yards ahead of me, play tackling and just being rambunctious teens, while I noticed a bundle of flowers that my grandmother would have loved. As I was looking at the flowers, I heard a bit of rustling in the woods about fifteen or twenty feet to my right. I didn't think too much of it because, you know, it's the woods so I shook my head and went to grab the bunch of flowers to give to my grandmother. No sooner as I reached my hand out to grab them, I heard, in my brother's voice, someone call my name for help. It sounded just like my little brother, except it was just off just a little bit, like it was being played by a recording. I immediately froze because as I looked up, I noticed my two brothers were way ahead of me, playing in the snow. I remember calling for them to hurry up and come with me to the house, and as I turned to run up to the house, I noticed a lone coyote moving in between some old beat-up trucks that my grandfather had parked in the pasture of the edge of the woods. This coyote was considerably larger than any coyote I've ever seen up until this point, and what struck me as odd was that this coyote looked like it got hit by a car, and I swear when it moved around the trucks it looked like it had its paws on the side of the truck, like it was trying to look over the truck at me. I couldn't help myself and yell, Hey! to it and we sat for about a minute or so just staring at each other before I could turn and start back walking to my house I watched this thing lean around the truck and say in my little brother's voice again hey when this happened I yelled for my brothers and booked it to the porch of the house as my brothers caught up to me they noticed how pale I was and asked what was wrong so I told them I saw a mountain lion scared of being ridiculed for seeing something so ridiculously frightening Later that night, I was looking around the internet and found some other encounters by people all over the United States having similar stories and came across an article about skimwalkers, which was both terrifying and interesting. 
This is not the only encounter I have had with such entities. I just wanted to get my story out there as a bit of a warning that there are things out there that don't really make sense to humankind. I have always had a very deep respect for native spirituality, and in all my learning about different traditions and important figures, I never thought I could ever meet a piece of it. I did not even think it was a possibility that these animals were shapeshifters of any sort until I recently was telling my brother about it and he told me that it might be true. I grew up in the central mountains of Idaho, in between several big mining towns from the late 1800s. Living here most of my life, I know what the wildlife looks like and I know what I would see in each time of year, except for a few encounters that I still cannot explain. I was out early with my dad and grandpa to go and find scrap piles of wood. It was sometime around 7 or 8 in the morning, and we are on a tiny dirt path miles away from any houses. As we are driving, we turn a corner to see an animal sitting in the middle of the road. I would say that it was about the size of a large dog, but hunched close to the ground and completely black. It had a long tail that dragged on the ground, and when we pulled up to it, it turned to look at us. It had a small head with either small ears or no ears at all. I could not really make out anything specific. After it saw us, it hopped off the trail and into the bushes on the side of the road. Believe me when I tell you this, I have never in my entire life seen an animal that looked like this. We were all visibly confused. One other time, I was out riding my ATV at around sunset. I was by myself on some trails that I knew well. I decided to explore a bit and took a different path and suddenly, it started to go up a steep hill with lots of washouts. As I stopped to try and turn around, the scariest looking bird I have ever seen ran in front of me across the trail. Now there are a lot of wild chickens, turkeys, etc, but this was about the size of a chicken, but it almost appears as if its body was backward or if it was standing straight up. It looked very skinny, just not like a bird at all. I could not see any visible wings but it had a longer neck, and its head was bare like a turkey's or a vulture's might. I finished turning around and sped back home. I do not know terribly much about the tribes that would have inhabited this area before the gold rush, but I do know that a lot of violence and death happened because of it, with the historical cemetery having over 100 unmarked graves. If anyone might be able to confirm or deny my theory, I would really appreciate it. I don't know if it was a skimwalker that I saw, but it seems very close in the shape-shifting ways. I'm a 16-year-old male, and this story takes place when I was about 13 years old or so. Me and a friend, let's just call her Ashley. Ashley was an avid hunter and most times she went hunting with her family, she would invite me. My mom would never let me go, but after months of asking, she finally let up. The place we went to would be a wooded area with very little light. Before I continue, I feel it would be crucial to mention her brother was coming with us as well. Continuing on, when we got there, we started gathering wood for the fire for later. Ashley, her brother and I went to go gather it. We start looking for wood, but we soon realized there was a terrible stench that filled the air. It smells like rotting meat and garbage. We ignored the smell thinking it was just a deer or some other wildlife. We kept going. We had gathered enough wood, so we headed back. As we turned around to head back, we hear a scream. It sounded like a young girl, but it also sounded off. I can describe it 
just not right. Ashley wanted to know what it was, but I just ushered her to keep going on and told her to just ignore it. By the time we got back, it was starting to get dark outside. As soon as we placed all the firewood, we started the fire. We just kind of sat there talking. Ashley, her brother, and I brought up the story of what happened to us earlier in the woods when we were looking for firewood. Her parents told us that we could have had a run-in with a wendigo or a skimwalker, but we did not believe in that sort of stuff. As soon as we finished the campfire and s'mores and all that type of fun stuff, we headed off to bed. Me and Ashley stayed in the same tent, after a while, trying to sleep. I couldn't sleep, so I decided to go for a short walk around the little campsite we were staying at. While I was taking this walk, I noticed that there were little footprints around. They looked to be bigger than a deer's, but were too small to be anything else. I decided to start heading back to the tent, but no sooner than I did that, I heard that same blood-curdling scream of a little girl again. This time it seemed closer, and for some reason, sounded aggravated. I looked around, but I saw nothing. I pulled out my flashlight and shined it over to the trees. I wish I had not done that. I saw something I've never seen in my life. This terrifying, eight-foot-tall creature staring back at me. Looking back at this now, I'm almost positive what I saw was a wendigo or a skimwalker. Just like her parents said, and typing this out now, it's all coming straight back to my mind now. I really just didn't know what to do in that moment, so I ran off, hid in the tent, and luckily didn't hear or see anything else. I'm not sure what that thing wanted, if it was hunting me, trying to lure me out, or if it was just trying to scare us. Mr. Swamp, I hope you're doing well. I have been recently listening to your videos for the past two months. I finally grew enough strength to finally let someone know what I've seen. To give you a little background, at the time it was 2012, give or take. It was the end of March. I don't necessarily know what day it was for sure, but I do know that it was around 8pm when we entered a fishery called Tenorock. It's a fishery in Florida. Now, I'm not worried about hiding any information from anybody. I'm one of those types of people, when I see it, I believe it. And that night, I never even told my wife who was with me at the time. So, let me start. One day, my wife got a brand new 2012 Fiat. It was orange and it looked great. We just so happened to be driving past the fishery, give or take around 8pm at night. And now, in my mind, the fishery is pretty huge. You're able to load boats, walk past, fish from the bank, etc. So we happened to just be driving the entire park. We lost track of time because we did not know that the gate will be closed if you weren't out at a certain time. So, me and my wife get to this gate, which is locked. And on the gate is a steel-plated note that says, If you are here after closing hours, please call Fishing Game. So that's exactly what we did. I got on the phone and started calling them. Fishing Game asked why we were not out of there. I told him it was our first time coming out there and we did not know that we had to be out by a certain time. Apparently, this guy said he would be coming all the way from Lake Wales and it was going to take him roughly two to three hours to get there. So I said that was quite alright, we have nowhere to go and we'll be waiting here at the front gate. He said okay and that he was on his way. Honestly, I don't know how long we waited. We chilled in the car and waited and eventually so much time went by we passed out. Something woke me up and just told me to press the brakes. So I pushed the brakes and illuminated what was behind me and out of the rear view mirror, 
I noticed a pack of hogs that were, give or take 20 to 30 feet away from the back of the car. Now keep in mind, I do not tell my wife this because she was sleeping out cold during all of this. So as I was stepping on the brake, I counted over 16 hogs that passed the brake lights in one particular way. Honestly, I wasn't freaked out until this particular one, which was way too big, moved by. This thing was two to three times the size of the rest of the hogs out there. And I know, hogs get big. But I thought this was just too big. And this thing suddenly stands up and looks at me through the mirror. That is when I got a good look at these yellow eyes and a dark silhouette of what I thought was Bigfoot. But I know Bigfoot would not walk on all forms and then stand straight up and look at you. And also, why would Bigfoot be hanging out with a bunch of hogs and not eating them? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I'll be honest with you. I'm not one to be very fearful of anything. Hell, I watched my father pass away in front of me, and that was the scariest thing I've ever seen. So I've never really been scared of anything that ever mounted up to that. But I do tell you this. When I saw whatever this thing was, it scared the crap out of me. I did not know what to do. The only thing I had was a pocket knife, and I don't think it was much longer than 8 inches, give or take. I wasn't going to get out of the car, but me and this thing stared at each other through a mirror for what I felt like was two minutes. My wife eventually moved, so I thought she was getting up, so I released my foot off the brake. I paid attention to her just as she got more comfortable and fell back asleep. When I applied the brakes again, this thing was gone. I got out of the car to see what was behind me on the gravel road. There were two footprints. They looked pretty human, but they had an extra toe that I did not ever recognize to be human. I'll be honest, I'm a pretty outdoorsy person. I've wrestled hogs barehanded, and I've caught gators in the water. Anything that any normal person would avoid, I usually went after. But after what I seen, this changed my point of view immediately. I thought I was pretty crazy for a while. Sometimes I'll still drive by that fishery. I've never even told my wife because I think that she gets really scared really quickly about just about anything. But from what I understand, a lot of people are listening to your stories, and I've narrowed it down to three things that this thing could have been. It was either a Bigfoot, a Skimwalker, or some sort of Deer Man or Wendigo. Where I'm from, in Florida, stories like this are not very common because I live in Central Florida, and everybody here owns guns and will just shoot at whatever scares them which is not a smart thing either. Honestly, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could just read the story and share it with the audience. I don't know what this is, and I just want to have peace of mind again. I'd be super grateful to know anything that you might have. Please comment in the comments, anybody that's listening. I'll be honest, I'm kind of superstitious, and I just don't want to fall into a bad way, you know? Everyone loves a good scary story, so here's mine. First, a little background. I live in Utah and I go camping a lot. I've got it pretty much down to a wrinkle. Usually, I do a bunch of research on the areas where I plan to camp, even missing persons in the area or unidentified remains that have been found, accidents, anything creepy of note because I love macabre stuff like that. I was coming down from Salt Lake and wanted to visit my great-grandmother's ghost town first, which is unfortunately all on private property now, as well as check out Castlegate Cemetery. 
If you do not know about the Castle Gate or Winter Quarters mining disasters, you should read up about it. The Castle Gate Cemetery contains the remains of 171 men who died in a series of mine explosions on March 8, 1924. It's just really eerie, seeing the same date of death on all the grave markers. It was a very small town, and almost all men working age died that day, leaving almost every woman in that town a widow. The bodies were unrecognizable aside for some bits of clothing, so there aren't many names along to go with the grave markers, just a white cross with March 8th, 1924 inscribed on them. Anyway, my story isn't about that. My final camping destination was near Vernal, so I had to take a scenic route to get there. I really enjoyed the drive, so I started taking it more often on my many trips to the Vernal area. Recently, my fiancé, Colby, and I noticed some pretty sweet-looking camping spots along the way, so we decided to camp there last month. It was awesome. Great, beautiful, and easy to access for my SUV. I prefer to camp as far away from people as possible, while still having my car nearby, so this spot was ideal. I hadn't noticed any signs except that we were camping in the Ashley National Forest, which is weird because I always thought the Ashley Forest was closer to Flaming Gorge. It's just really big, I guess. Colby and I love camping, so we decided to take his 12-year-old son, Kyle, with us for the Father's Day weekend. Kyle had never been camping before. The night before we were due to leave, I couldn't sleep at all. I had an abnormally long anxiety attack, which was unabated by my anxiety medicine. I couldn't shake the feeling that something awful was going to happen to us if we went. I spent the next morning crying and shaking, wondering if I was experiencing a legitimate gut feeling or if this was just my mental illness causing me to think irrationally. I voiced my fears, as Colby also experiences anxiety, and he is incredibly understanding when my mental illness gets rough. I didn't want to ruin Father's Day for him or our kiddo, and they were very set on going. I eventually calmed down and arrived at our spot at about two and a half hours into the drive. There were no people around, which was fantastic. The area is home to a lot of free-range cows, and there happened to be a ton of them around our campsite. They kept their distance and we let them alone. But we had a plan to jump in the car if they got too close or a bull came along. The weather was perfect. There weren't too many bugs. And aside from the cow pies and incessant lowing of the cattle, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Clearly, my anxiety was just that. Anxiety. We each set out to prepare the camp. The boys focused on the fire pit and gathering wood while I set up the tent and inflated the air mattress. We planned to sleep in the tent while Kyle slept in the car on a twin-sized air mattress, so he would feel plenty comfortable and safe. We have a decent amount of gear, so the spot was pretty awesome once it was all finished. We even hung up a string of solar-powered lights after it got dark. Around this time, a very large bull came along, so we had a chance to implement our emergency plan of getting in the car, just in case. He just kind of herded the cows away from the area. It was nice having the cows gone, as the sun was setting. All we still needed to do was make dinner, so I started working on that while Kyle hung out in the back of the car on his mattress, snuggling up with a blanket, as he had been saying he was tired and wanted to take a nap. Colby and I were out gathering more wood, and though we did not mention it to each other at the time, we both felt very uncomfortable. We didn't want to go too far from the campsite or split up. We just had this feeling of being watched like something was lurking behind the many bushes around us. I attributed it to a stray cow or maybe some deer. 
We returned to the campsite no more than five minutes later. The sunset was gorgeous from what we could see in the clouds, and this was about the time that Kyle got up and wanted to wander around. I totally understand wanting to roam around and explore as a kid, so that was normal. He started walking off in one direction, and his dad said, Where are you going? To which Kyle responded, Places. He then turned around and walked to the tent like that's what he wanted to do. I just laughed and said, Nope. Besides, dinner is going to be ready in another 20 minutes or so. I thought maybe he had just seen another cow or a deer. No big deal. He and his dad were on the other side of the car when I pulled dinner off the grill. I stood up to tell them that we could finally dive into a tasty tinfoil dinner of chicken, potatoes, broccoli, carrots, shallots, and garlic. Not to brag, but I make a damn fine campfire dinner. It was incredibly dark. The kind of dark that only really remote places can get before the moon rises. So we were using our flashlights pretty heavily. I did a quick scan around with my flashlight and straight ahead of me, probably a stone's throw away or so, and about five or six feet off the ground, I saw a pair of eyes reflecting back just staring at me. These were not the eyes of any animal I've ever seen. They couldn't have been cow, deer, elk, bear, or a mountain lion. They were just barely reflecting, and they were very close together. They looked distinctly human. There's a person just staring at us in the middle of nowhere. They didn't make any noise getting there, and they did it in the dark without a light. My stomach sank, and every hair in my body stood on end. I called out and said something like, Babe, come look at this. Because I was unsure of what I was actually seeing. As I partially turned to look at my fiancé, my flashlight left the eyes for a split second and I immediately whipped it back. The eyes were still there, just staring at me. That's when I realized how real it was. Most animals would have bolted away after that, and a cow would have definitely made a noise. I was frozen, my eyes trying as hard as they could to see any form in the darkness. As Colby came around the car to me, the thing stood up, unnaturally quickly, and the eyes went to about ten feet up in the air. It was still staring at me. That's it. A human is scary enough, but some ten or eleven foot tall humanoid creature with that kind of speed is beyond terrifying. I backed up and yelled, Get in the car! And my voice was shaking. My lovely obedient son for the first time in his life didn't ask questions and just hopped in the car. I threw myself in the back, and Colby got into the passenger seat. As I had piled some bags into the driver's seat, stupid I know, I quickly described what I saw. I noticed I was physically shaking. I'm not the toughest chick around, and I've been through a lot of stuff, but I probably shouldn't have survived. I've done solo camping trips and solo hikes, and I've never been spooked. I've been snorkeling in the ocean at night and seen eyes reflecting or eels and stonefish within a foot or two of me and I might shiver a bit, but that's nothing compared to the absolute terror I felt upon seeing those eyes rapidly ascend. Colby quickly moved the bags and climbed into the driver's seat, started the car and turned the high beams on. We couldn't really see anything, but we knew we had to leave. We pulled the car right up to the tent, grabbed our machetes, and told Kyle to stay in the car no matter what. Colby covered me while I grabbed the bags of our clothes and our tent I doused the fire out with a few jugs of water we thankfully had nearby. Needless to say, we flew out of there like a bat out of hell, leaving the tent, cooler, and dinner still steaming on the grill. The drive down the pitch dark canyon was nerve wracking. After we had all been silent for a bit, trying to make sense of the situation, Kyle asked, what color were the eyes you saw? 
and I responded that they were a light bluish green. He said that's what I saw too. I asked him how far apart the eyes looked. He said they were close together, like a human's would be. I know that human eyes reflected red, so it couldn't have been a human. Besides, I don't know many ten-foot-tall people. We eventually pulled over at a well-lit gas station when we got to the nearest town. We booked a hotel room for the night. On our way there, we noticed a car following us quite closely. We were already unnerved. Colby slowed down a bit in case they were just wanting to pass us, and then we saw the red and blue lights blinding us through the mirrors. He pulled over and the officer told us we were going about 10 under the speed limit. He asked where we came from and where we were going, and we honestly told him the truth. We knew it sounded insane. We hadn't been drinking. We hadn't had anything illegal on us, but I did still have the machete next to me. Luckily, he didn't notice. He seemed interested in the story and told us, It doesn't really surprise me. I've heard a lot of stories of weird stuff happening up there. He told us to have a nice night and let us go. We returned to gather our stuff in the morning and nothing seemingly had been touched. The food was sitting out, the chicken, the bread, the bag of garbage, nothing was disturbed or nibbled on. Last night I decided to do more intensive research on where we had been camping. I found out the name of the actual canyon, Indian Canyon, and it turns out that Indian Canyon is a hot spot for paranormal activity and Bigfoot sightings. It's also very close to the Skimwalker Ranch. Kyle thinks it wasn't a big deal and that we were overreacting, which is okay. I don't want him to have nightmares about it or anything, and he seems totally fine with it, aside from the fact that he was deprived of the s'mores making experience. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe it was something. I'm not taking any chances. We promised to take him for another camping trip so he can have his s'mores, but we will not be visiting Indian Canyon ever again. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true skimwalker horror stories. I don't know about you guys, but these boogeymen in the southwest seemingly are going all over the country, and sometimes even internationally. I don't think they're quite the same monster everyone's seeing, but I do think there is something happening out there. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm. If you're listening on iTunes or a different podcast platform, please give this a 5-star rating, as that truly helps me out a ton. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video. I upload them almost every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you guys are on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Thriller Scary Stories wherever you go, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Audible, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. And like I said, it's absolutely free. And again, if you can give us a 5-star rating over there, that's really appreciated. If you guys would like to support the channel further, maybe check out the merch store. I have everything from face masks, to shirts, to hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you rocking some swamp threads. Again, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's a skimwalker story or something else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp.
Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. Much love to Canva for supporting this video, and thank you guys for supporting the sponsors as well. I couldn't do this without you guys, and without the sponsors' help. I know it can be annoying sometimes, but I promise they'll never happen too often, and they'll only be an occasional thing. I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.